what to write about Trying to figure out what it's all about Existentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know I don't know Spending time all alone Sending my songs through the phone Dreaming of a better home We while focused on trying to hone This craft Witchcraft I hope the Brujas Let this last That was a great sound to watch with Outside on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige, with my partner in crime, Long Island Raised, L-D-Made, E-Z Blues, is in the building. Easy Blues, you are better with introductions more than me. Who do you have with us today on Behind the Brand? Ladies and gentlemen, there was an incredible songwriter with these amazing glasses that once wrote... It's the circle of life, and it brings us under. There are many parts of culture that says you cannot have creation without destruction. So this next person really uh, rolls that yin and yang aspect from producer to artist to musician to management to actually running one of the most important moments of someone's life when they are truly, truly hurting and the, the loss of a loved one. This man steps up and facilitates for those final moments, rocking a funeral parlor. And it is so amazing and such a testament of the type of human being he is to sit with people in their most vulnerable and weakest points and shower them with the love and affection needed. So although I usually have a really big up, everyone, you know, put your hands together, not if you're driving, keeping a tenant too, but I actually want you all to Put your hearts together. I want you to welcome the amazing Markel Green. Thank you so much for being here. And it's truly an honor and a privilege. Honor and privilege to be here, to be on your show. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Markel, what got you into the funeral business? Honestly, the reason, what got me into the funeral business, you know, uh, uh, experiencing a loss at the age of uh, 10 when I lost my dad when I was a child. Mm. Those, uh, it was tragic, but at the same time, it was a blessing because it drew me to want to be able to get into the funeral business. You know, just watching it, looking at him in the church. And I said, you know, I was a kid. I said, I want to make people look nice and get into this business. And I didn't know much about it, but I knew I, it was an attraction weird as it sounds, it was, it was an attraction. So I was like, wow, I want to start working at a funeral home. So I, as a kid, I used to call the funeral home every day that my dad, the, the funeral home that buried my dad, I would call them every day. And luckily they were very nice people and they would talk to me when I would call. Mm -hmm. All at 11 years old? At 10, 10 Man, years wow. old. At 10 wow. years old, I used to call and I used to just ask questions. I used to say, can I work here at the funeral home? And they thought it was mm -hmm. cute, you know, but you know, and then um, crazy as it sounds, I ended up working at the funeral home because I'm an organist and my, someone deceased, my neighbors, um, my neighbor, one of my neighbors deceased and my sister was asked to sing at the funeral. Mm -hmm. And being that I'm a musician, right. I've always been a good musician. So at the age of 10, it was prior to my dad's passing. I went to the funeral home and I played the organ for my sister. And the people that I used to call mm -hmm. every day said, 
that's Marquette. Oh, so they put one and two together. So they gave me a job. So they used to come and pick me up from elementary school, and I'll be the organist. I, I played right. for funerals. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow. So you so started it. young. Wow. So you mm -hmm. got that tutelage at a very young age, prior to a lot of morticians and embalmers. And when did you actually start learning the real mechanics of you know the whole business? At, did it start during the teens? Did it start in your early twenties? Tell me about that. Well, it started in in, in it was my teens. I mean, because you know, just being around the funeral home all the time it was very nice uh, you know i i've watched and i've watched and i learned i used to watch the funeral directors talk with families and though i was young i've always had an old soul so i was sensitive to the matters of people that would come in i would see the funeral director talk with families and i would be nosy and snoop around and listen and you know and then that compassion i got attracted to that and it was like wow you know, and it was awesome to see, you know, how the funeral directors would help the families. And I said, one day I want to do that, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. I gotcha. Easy. I see, the I see the light bulb shining on your face. Go right ahead. <laughs> well, no, it, it's, it's extremely interesting, especially having the connection with music um, the entire time. Um, has that been something that has just been like that current that flows through your life? Um, you know, dealing with the creation of music and then also, you know, dealing with catering to those that are moving on to the, the you know, that yes, stage. One thing I can say, regardless to what race you are, to what ethnic group you are, to what religion you are, one thing I could say, music and death always has a relationship because music mm -hmm. brings you in and it ushers you out. There's always a song. I mean, regardless to Catholic, Pentecostal, Baptist, mm -hmm. Buddhism, everybody sings, everybody has a song, music and death has a great relationship. That's one thing I've learned about this in the, in the being in the music industry and both working in the funeral home industry. The two, the two are marriage. I don't care what right. religion you are, what ethnic group you are, the two have a great marriage. And it's very interesting. And I love being a part of all of it, you know? Mm -hmm. What have you learned? Now, just, no, go ahead, Easy. I'm sorry. No, and, um, now you really are dealing with people at, at their most vulnerable. Um, is there any type of particular training you had to go through um, for like someone who's thinking about getting involved in, in you know, uh, your field? What kind of advice training wise can you have when dealing with someone at their most vulnerable? Well, let's. let's for the record, let it let it to be known. I'm not a licensed funeral director as of yet. I'm currently in school to be a licensed funeral director. I've just always worked mm. in the music industry and church industry. Mm. And what happened was by me being involved working with funeral homes, I was able to create my own job, my own income, because I would make deals with the funeral homes. Mm -hmm. Because by me being a musician and uh, fortunately enough, by me being a musician and my pet, my brother being a pastor, I have a brother that's a bishop. I have mm -hmm. a lot of family connected and roots in church. I was able to put the two together and I would go to funeral homes and say, hey, if I bring a call in, would I be able to work and da, 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 da. So that happened. So a lot, a lot has transitioned 
with me working within the church and funeral homes, I put the two together and I created work for myself. Right. And, you know, um, like I said, I'm not licensed as of yet, but I do, I do have hands-on with uh, the deceased. Um, I do casket. Uh, uh, there's a process after their, after the mortician does their piece, I do the finalization. I do a lot of casketing, dressing, makeup, you know, and um, I, um, you know, and I do a, like a layout, but as far as the, Right. The, the deep technical stuff I don't do, but I, I, I bring the families to the funeral home and mm -hmm. I meet with the families along with the funeral director. I'm the funeral director, basically assistant. And mm -hmm. I um, work for several funeral homes. And like I said, by me having the church background and with my family being into the church, I am able to bring the whole marriage together. So I made like a, I created like an awesome job for myself you understand so it's I like I, I i i bring it all together and it's interesting and then one thing i love about it you know as you know you know when you lose a loved one it's very painful and i'm i'm just honored to be able to help families and line them up with the right funeral director the right funeral home and give their, give, bring some peace to the situation. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I do a lot of stuff that even funeral directors can't do. That's why right. I'm successful in this business, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Where do you go to school? Goodwin University. Mm. Goodwin yeah. University, East Hartford, along with my daughter. My daughter is currently in school as well. She's gonna be uh, a funeral director and uh, we go together. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That really is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So it's so so it's extending a tradition. Yes, most definitely. Awesome. Most that's, definitely. And you know, and, and then doing this business, you know, I'm not. I don't speak negative of uh, funeral directors because I love them all. The ones that I work for, mm -hmm. but at but at the same time, it's a moment where because I've seen it and experienced it. You know, people don't know. And what helped happens with me working along with people is that, you know, your people are vulnerable. And at this time, most times people could be taken advantage of at the same time, you know? And um, people yeah. that I know, I make sure they're not taken advantage of. And I, 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 I'm grateful that I work with great funeral directors and people, they work with me as we can work with families. So people don't have to, use their life savings to put their loved one away, mm. you know? Mm. Because, you know, one thing I've learned in, one thing I've learned in this business, regardless if you're black, white, Hispanic, Greek, Polish, Jewish, we all go the same way. Yeah. And, mm. um, and in this business is so interesting because um, I've been in it for a while and I've learned over the years, traditions change, you know, with baby boomers and interracial marriages. Um, one thing I've learned um, over the years, if you were Italian, you went to an Italian funeral home. You went to where grandma used to go. Mm -hmm. that, that, that. But with the younger generation, mm -hmm. not to take away from the old, older generation, mm -hmm. the morticians and funeral directors weren't your friends. They wanted your money. Right. <laughs> it was like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> 
we're not going to spend, you know, you go to a certain funeral home. Oh, grandma went there. Grandpa went there. You know, these, these morticians weren't your friends. They wanted your wallet. They wanted your pocketbook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we right. did grandma. We did. Yeah. But you went broke during the process for one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, but yeah. I always encourage people and I work with all ethnic groups and, um, Unfortunately, you still have people who just think the way they just think straight, you know, this way, this way, this way. But mm -hmm. I love the fact that I can take people who are white, who are black, who are Hispanic and say, hey, I know you've been spending this amount of money on 15, 16,000 dollars years ago on funerals. Hey, man, I might be able to do that for eight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're like, wow, really? Right. You know, and right. I, I, I like to help people out in their most difficult time. That's cr that's crazy to think about that because of a lot of times, you know, unfortunately with a lot of these times, a lot of people lose a lot of money when it comes to just even one funeral. Um, yes, yes, and, they do. And, 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 it, and it's insane because you can easily, when how you broke it down just to myself and easy, you can easily manipulate somebody and thinking they have to do this for this certain occasion when they necessarily do not. So I'm happy that you're putting this honesty out there uh, just when it comes to your clients and just different people. And when you say just like it changes now, I bet times changed. I mean, oh, yeah. the Italians went to the Italians, the blacks went to the black funeral. Now you're seeing different ethnies and different ethnicities and different That's cultures right. just every right. single day. And right. it just probably expands your mind just how the world works, am I right? Right. Yes, it does. And, and you know, it's um, and it's um, it's it's fortunate and unfortunate because some people just don't understand, you know. Um, and some people don't realize you're being taken advantage of. Sometimes people can be taken advantage of, you know. Um, it's unfortunate. That's one thing I won't stand for. I don't care who I'm working with, what group I'm working with. That's why I'm successful at what I do. I'm not here to bombard the industry to make people not make money. However, mm -hmm. I'm here to help, you know, because, you know, it's unfortunate when someone I've been in situations where people came to me and said, you know, my loved one has passed away, but the funeral director said, you know, this is the price. This is it. There's nothing we can do. This is basically about it. Go think about it. Let us know. And, you know, then they just left them hanging. You know, they don't offer them the cheaper way out sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. the, mo the less expensive way out. I'm not saying that you know, you have to, it's cheap as far as like your services and your, you know, and what we offer. You know, I just like to see people be in a comfortable spot and a comfortable space, you know, yeah. so because after you bury your loved one, you still have to live. Yeah, you seriously. Know? And everybody has mm -hmm. good insurance. Some people don't have great insurance, you know, so that's another, that's another um, issue as well. You know, but one thing about it now, like I said, with the interracial marriages, which is beautiful, I love to see, I work with a lot of people. You know, what happens is, you know, the younger generation is like, you know what? We still have to live tomorrow. You know, um, the older generation was like, we have to do this today. We, we want to do this. We want to do this. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, grandma and grandma, pa was broke. You know, they may not have told you, but they just spent mm -hmm. 17 grand in the ground. You know, and, and you know, mm -hmm. I can't please everybody. I'm not trying to please everybody, but you know, um, the best thing you do is be fair to people. Ridiculous, yeah. you know, and even and you know, and 
unfortunately and unfortunately, you know, I, I, I became financially more successful during COVID because when people died, I was a consultant that linked the middle link between the funeral homes and so forth. So on, right. you know, think about it. People during COVID, you the funeral homes didn't change their price. Then they're only then they're gonna tell you only seven people could come, ten people could come, but you're still mm-hmm. buying goods at seventeen thousand dollars. You know, mm-hmm. to me that messed my heart up a little bit. I'm like, wow, that's kind of, you know, people can't mm-hmm. even come to their loved one's funeral, but yet the the funeral homes are still charging top price. No one went down. In fact, prices went up because you know what? It was a need. It's just like mm-hmm. gas. No matter if gas was $20 a gallon, guess what? You're going to get it. Speaking of needs, I need to do this. We're on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige, with my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. We got Markel Green with us on Behind the Brand. Markel, I hope I didn't lose your train of thought. Go right ahead. Okay. Yes. Um. You know, and um. that's, that's you know, where we're at. You know, um. But at the end of the day, I love working in the, the funeral industry. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and I just like to make people, I like to make people, um, you know, happy. I want to see people, you know, ease the pain at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one thing I've learned about death and working in the funeral industry, though you're in such a traumatic state, if you work with the right people, it can still bring a smile upon your face and bring some ease to the burden mm-hmm. that you're that you're mm-hmm. currently going through. Yeah. And that's what I do. Speaking of ease to the burden, um, for someone because death comes unexpectedly, for someone yeah. going into this for the first time, just uh, learning prices and trying to find the right person to talk to, what do you recommend? What do you agree for that person that time of need? Well, I always recommend people to talk to me. I work at I work for nine I, I work for nine different funeral in, industry um, funeral homes. I work with nine nine reputable great funeral homes, and um, I represent them. I always tell people, you know, that at the time of death, you know, one thing at the time of death, it's like time isn't on your side because you don't want to leave your loved one just laying anywhere too long so you have to talk to someone and i and i line up people different funeral homes with the perfect you know situation you know that's where i come in and i i i see things funeral directors don't see sometimes that's why my job is so intricate because for instance when people die at the time of when they deceased you know, families are going through so much. They don't want, you know, a funeral director covers a lot. And I work with great funeral directors. All of them are awesome. All of them are awesome. And, you know, they, they cater to all ethnic groups. I must say, I cover things funeral directors don't cover. One, I'm a musician, a professional musician. And um, I'm a great planner. So when the funeral director makes an arrangement with the family, I oversee things, okay, such as you, it may not seem as intricate. Okay, do you have a musician? Do you have a singer? Would you like a band at the cemetery? Would you like a band at the funeral home, at the church? I cover the majority, I cover the majority of that, you know, and um, and, and what I do is I make sure families are happy. I oversee that the funeral director and the family 
I bring the connection together, you know, and um, I bring ideas to the family, to the funeral home, that their loved one is laid to rest peacefully, respectfully, and everyone is happy. I make sure everyone, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, you know, to say everyone is happy, some people might say, oh, sad, but happiness could come in sorrow as well. Mm -hmm. Easy, you want to say something? Well, no, I, th I think it's super interesting. And um, I love that you're kind of stepping in, standing in the gap, um, you know, because a lot of times, you know, it's atrocious that we do have, you know, a business style and, and I'm not pouring salt on anyone that's doing whatever, but in some of our most vulnerable, you know, when someone passes, we actually should aren't even really sign a contract because we're not in the proper mental state of yeah. mind and to know that you're out there and helping people in the middle of that and being their peace of mind is a beautiful thing and i, I just want to thank you for that thank you and, and i you know not you know and i appreciate it you know i i have a neighbor who just passed recently and um you know um they're white and um they came to me because they said you know we 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 really want to bury my mom and, you know, and I don't bad talk any funeral home. I, I love every funeral home and mm -hmm. I respect every funeral director. However, they didn't have a lot of money. Mom's policy was only but for so much because mom was sick. And, you know, you know, I don't care what ethnic group you are. Bottom line, if you're sick, insurance is only gonna cover but so much, okay? So you're in a certain situation. And unfortunately, some funeral homes and funeral directors, they don't care. One thing I, I've learned, I have a heart for the people. I hate to see, because I've been there and done it. And I think when you haven't experienced it, you don't know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like, for instance, it's like, it's like, for, it's like, for instance, when you don't know the, uh, if, if you haven't lost a loved one, you know, I've learned because I've experienced mm -hmm. it. It's easy for someone to say, oh, I know what you're going through. I'm sad. No, you don't. And until you experience it for yourself, mm -hmm. you don't know. So what helps me out in my business is I've experienced it. I've gone through it many of times, multiple yeah. times, even recently losing a brother, losing a sister, you know, and these are you losing the siblings, you know. So my whole point in bringing all of this up is to say sometimes people, they don't know literally what you go through. They don't know what you go through. Right. And they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I know what you go No, you don't. Until you experience it, you don't know. You could only imagine. So yeah. with me, with my experience, I'm able to really help people because I've been there and I've done it. You know, even with some siblings having insurance, some not having insurance, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a roller coaster ride. However, getting back to the topic and point, Sometimes when people die, the funeral director gives you a price. This is it. Mm -hmm. This is what we're working with. This is what you got to do. In my business, mm -hmm. I've learned how to dissect that bill and say, okay, you can save here. You can save here. You can save here. Right. You can save here. That's why funeral directors, the ones I work with, they love me. The ones I don't work with, they, they hate me because I save <laughs> money. And it's just right. the bottom line. At the end of the day, I want to see you happy. I want to be able to say, you know what? My daughter's in college or my son is in college. Thank you. I saved the thousands of dollars because of you. I get so many 
emails and cards and even gifts from so many families because at the end of the day, they say, wow, you saved me 10 grand. You saved me five grand. You saved wow, me so right. much money. And, you know, and, that, and that's a great fulfillment to know that you helped someone at the end of the day. No, it, it's, it's so true because I, I still remember, you know, um, with my, my, when my mom passed, just how quickly it all kind of adds up, you know, and we're, you know, sitting there at the table and, and you can't really think straight. Your whole world is spinning. Everyone, you're on the phone calling every single relative up and down. You're exhausted, plus you're grieving. Right. Um, yes. And it, it yes. just becomes like this whole mountain that, that right. gets piled right. upon you. And mm-hmm. then you sit in front of uh, papers and photos and like, you know, and, 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 you know, the funeral directors are like, do you think she'll look good in this? And you're like, no, I think she'd look good if she was still here. And we like, and we're dealing with this. I don't think that any of this is going to look good. I don't, I don't want to be here. Um, and it's right, great right, to hear right, that right. you're really stepping in there and, and bringing right. more that human fact, the, the human kindness factor back in. So. Right. You know, uh, so you, so you experienced it. So you already know. And then at mm-hmm. the time, you know, so many emotions going on. You got people calling you. You have family. You have relatives. You have people attending. I mean, there's so much going on at the time of death that sometimes, you know, then when mm-hmm. you sit down with a funeral director, all you're seeing is numbers in front of you. Numbers, 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 you know? Yep. And sometimes people are like, how then? How am I going to be able to come up with this money? And, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like you planned this for like six months from now. You know, right. You need this it's within the next Saturday. week or two. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I have to put my love on the rest like within the next week. Yeah. Where am I going to get 15 grand exactly. or 14 grand? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if your insurance is only five grand, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I need another 10,000 bucks. You know, so it's about when when you, when someone passes away, there's a lot mm-hmm. with, the, you know, but I make people's job a lot easier. I come between the, the funeral home and with the uh, the funeral director. And I work with some, like I said, I work with awesome funeral directors. And that's why I decided, you know, just go ahead and finish school, be a funeral director. This way you can right. do it yourself as well. You know, and I'm still gonna work along with the other funeral directors, most definitely. Right. Well, and, and that's, I think, one of the, the key points in your story that I really do truly love and respect. You created a job that wasn't there before because you have such a love and a compassion and a passion for the industry. Yes. You created your own niche. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, going looking at every other type of event planning industry, um, you know, they have that. They have it for a wedding planner. You're kind of like the planner. Um, and yeah, I, I like that. A, Thank that's, you. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Feel free to take it. It's not copyrighted. You'll be fine. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but, and, and it, you know, but that's what I want our listener to really understand. I want our listener to know that just because that job doesn't exist right now doesn't mean you can't make that job happen. Um, right, 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 right. How are you able to manage the ebb and flow of that? Because I'm sure when, you know, you started out, people were like, I don't really know if this is going to work. How did you manage that negativity, especially in an industry that is very heavy in spirit? Well, how I made it work was because I'm a go-getter. And um, God rest his soul. Even I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, which I am. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's like, you have to step out on faith and just do it. You know, you can't be scared. You have to do it. And it's like, just imagine you have like 10 pieces of gum. God rest his soul, James. James, uh, he used to work at the funeral. Good, great guy. He told me just a few months ago before he passed, he's been passed now less than a year. He told me, I love what you do. Keep doing what you do. And he gave me this example. He said, if you chew up 10 pieces of gum and you keep throwing them at the wall, he said, make every piece of gum your idea. He said, eventually one of those pieces of gum is going to stick to the wall and it'll work for you. He mm. said, never give up. Keep throwing that your ideas at the mm. wall. Keep throwing them and it's going to work. And thank God, you know, everything is starting to work, you know, and um, you can't. Yeah. You, you, it, it, it will work eventually. You just got to keep at it. You got to keep at it and you got to. And again, I, you know, I, I, I credit my own brother and sister, pastor, executive pastor, Trina Green and pastor Esau Green. They helped me too. And by when in my, in my family and my brother, Bishop Anthony Green, what happens is when people die, sometimes people, when at the time of death, they consult with their priest, their pastor or whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they immediately say, well, what we're going to do is um, introduce you to our brother, which is me. Right. And um, that has been a significant help as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that helps me with, that's that helped me make my own job in the funeral industry. Right. And, you know, and um, like I said, a lot of people hate me. A lot of people love me. More love me so than hate me. Because what happens is they said, especially during the time there, during the pandemic, I'm also, uh, I was out physically with working with funeral directors doing removal from homes and hospitals and mm. houses, you know, many we lost many, many people. And what happened mm -hmm. is um, my nephew and I, um, Anthony Green, um, the Bishop Anthony Green's son, which is my um, nephew, Tyler, he and I will work for, for different funeral homes. I mean, you know, it was, we made tons of money and, you mm -hmm. know, you had a lot of funeral directors, they get their salary. But with this pandemic, I came in and I went and worked with all the funeral homes. You know, I was putting in 15, right. 16 hours a day. And then I was like, at the end of the day and at the end of the week, we said, oh my gosh, look how much money we, oh my, you know, I, I won't go into details, but it was significant. It was crazy, but we right. were busy. And where you had funeral directors, they worked for one funeral home or whatever, they're on salary. I mean, put it like this, we're mm -hmm. making, five times their salary and more and 10 times their salary right. within a week's mm -hmm. time because we were out hustling for different funeral homes and doing what we had to do. But, you know, we were doing the work of, you know, work of God and work of the Lord because we were helping families mm -hmm. and, you know, it wasn't just a job. It was more of a, I don't even consider my job to be a job. I consider it to be sort of right. like also a ministry. I help people. It's just not like I'm here for this and that and that, you know, I'm also here. I had a lady call me several months ago and it was very weird. I thought she was racist or I was like, you know, I was like, wow, this lady's very mean. She looked at me so mean when I went to remove her loved one. She asked me all these questions and, you know, I'm in a suburb, all white town, but she kept my number and she called me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's why I never judge a book by its cover. She says, I'm sorry it took so long for me to get in touch with you. I wanted to reach you a long time ago. 
And this is several months later. She says, I just want to thank you for such a beautiful job, how you were and how you talked to me and my family when you came. And that meant a lot to me. I was like, wow. You know, so with, so with this, it's also a ministry. So my job is also a ministry. And I meet some great people. I meet great people. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I love that you understand that it is a ministry and, and kind of and a calling um, as well, because that, that kind of answered my next question, but I kind of I want to dig into it as well. Um, it is also a very emotionally driven industry. You're dealing yes, with people is. at their rawest moments. How do you keep your battery recharged? How do you process from scene to scene? And especially those 15 hour days, you know, you're going and removing, you know, loved ones from households, not just once, you know, you're doing this a couple of times a day and you're watching and you're sitting in so much sadness. How do you combat that sadness and how do you not let that take over? Well, like I said, one, like when people, like my daughter, who's in the business as well, this is a God-given, I think when you're any, any, any way that you are in this industry, I do feel mm -hmm. that it's a ministry and it's a godsend. You have to have a purpose. The funeral business is not someone, someone you just say, I'm going to do this and this and this and this, you know what I mean? It's a calling. It's a calling, true calling. It ain't, so I, it takes a special person to be able to do what I do, to see the things that I see, to hear the things that I hear, you know, you know, to smell the things that I smell, to, to walk upon families and, you know, the industry that I'm in, you know, it's a, it's a calling that your average person would never be able to do, you know, and, and I won't, uh, and, you know, some people say, you know, Markel, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist. You, 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 your mind is crazy. You're always da da da. No, I just think outside of the box a lot, you know, because even with the schooling, they would, you could get financial aid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I shall probably get, I hope I can get, get murdered for this guy. But listen, you could, you could go to school, you mm -hmm. could get financial aid, you can, start your classes, you have your prerequisite classes, so forth, so on. But yet, mm -hmm. people say, they see the, the beauty of the funeral business, but they don't see the behind the scenes. And you're, right. and, and in Connecticut, you have to take so many classes before you even are introduced to a funeral home. Mm. And, and it's like, right. you keep away so much before this person is even introduced into it. And, you know, it's not, it's not fair. And to get back to the question, the reason I don't, I'm not a sadness, I, I feel it's a spiritual comp competition. I wanna bring mm -hmm. happiness to that person that died. I wanna bring some kind right. of residual happiness. I wanna make them feel good. I mean, even if I could mm -hmm. play the piano, the organ form them through music, whatever um the reason I, it's like i don't have a disconnect you feel for the family right. but you know what the challenge is going to be you understand so it's like i don't let it overtake me i see what does bother me i mean 
I do like to see the fact when people are over 70 and 80, when they, you know, that's a good life. You lived a good life. What mm-hmm. bothers me is young people that, you know, that's in children. It's like, wow. Yeah. You know, that's sadness all the way. Babies, children, sadness all the way. Um, however, I'm able to cope with it through my mm-hmm. spirituality right. and um, through my spirituality and um, my challenge is to, okay, this person is is very at their strongest point in mourning. What could I do to make them feel better? You know, and um, it's through conversation and music. Mm-hmm. Great conversation on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City made EZ Blues is in the building. We got Markel Green with us on Behind the Brand. Uh, Markel. Um, yes, sir. Feel, are you passionate with music the same way you are for the funeral industry? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, I'm passionate about music. I've been a music producer for very many years, recorded with professional artists and local artists and still doing the same. About to open up another recording studio in the great city of New Haven on Blake Street. Um, I, um, I'm passionate about my music as well as the uh, funeral industry and everything they work and they both work in hand to hand. How's that? How they work hand to hand because Everyone, you know, it's your birth date and your death date all have a song. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. every time you have a birthday, it's happy birthday to you. You know what I mean? Regardless if it's the same song. And then when you leave here, regardless regardless you're doing a Catholic mass or a a Pentecostal service, guess what? It's all surrounded by music and song. They work hand in hand together. (laughs) You know, so music Mm. and death are very, very Close in relationship. Um, yep. What? How much patience do you have to be to be a music producer? Did you hear me? I think it's always um, a little. I couldn't hear. Yeah, sorry. Maybe it's a little connection. I'm very yeah. sorry about that. But you know, you, you talk about patience and everything throughout the whole broadcast when it comes to you know the funeral industry. But how much patience does it take to become a music producer? Because you try and create that right sound for that certain musician. Man, you know what? When you I don't boast or brag, but I just got it. I was born into the music. I was mm-hmm. born into music, and um, by me being born into music and everything, it comes so natural. I mean, my patience. I could, you know, I could produce and write a song in 20 minutes and done wow. and mm. record it. You know what I mean? If you give me an hour, wow. I could I could record a song, write a song, and darn near mix it and close to have it mastered within an hour. I mean, I'm very, I'm very great wow. at what I do. I'm very great at what I do. And I thank God for that talent. I've been been playing since I was uh six, five, six years old. I wow. started playing keyboard and organ. And you know, and um, creating music, and I've been around great people to be able to do that. So I mean, the patience to me, you know, sometimes I would spend a lot of time working on music, you know, and then um, sometimes I don't have to spend a lot of time working on it. So I, was, I just thank God for being an entrepreneur and being able to do what I love doing, you know. And I think that's what makes me great at what I do because I know how to do it very well. Mm-hmm. What I don't know, I don't know. What I know, I know. 
you know, I'm a great carpenter, I'm a great musician, I'm a great producer, awesome. and I'm a great person right. in the funeral industry, you know? Awesome. So you've been blessed all these years. Um, you were yes. in the music industry way before, you know, the whole social media blowout. Um, how competitive that was back in the day? Because you worked with some names like Brandy and SWV and just numerous other talents. Like how competitive was it even to get the artists with you inside that studio? Because a lot of stuff had to be done face to face now, unlike today. Mm -hmm. Well, back then, even back then, the same con the concept was the same. It was just that, you know, the social media was it, I mean, it was different, you know, whereas like I'm working with artists throughout the country and you will see um, I have artists. I, ha I already have 13 artists lined up throughout the country. As soon as my new studio is open, they're coming flying from California, mm -hmm. um, Arizona. I have, I have an artist coming from Ghana. 90% of 90 point, I'll say 95% of my artists I've reached, they reached out to me through social media from a friend, from a friend. And they want to fly to Little Old New Haven for Markel to produce them in my studio right. because they want a change of atmosphere and so forth, so on. When I worked with um, SWV, Brandy, Monica, I wasn't, it wasn't all my gig. I was working under a, a producer, all-star, Alan Gordon, which is a, he was, I was working for his entertainment company, but I was doing all his music mm -hmm. for him. Assistant, I was doing, I was the beat maker behind the scene. And you know, okay. and, um, and what happened with that situation was, it was a great experience because I have my, again, my passion for music. I didn't care that I was working. Well, I cared, but I just love music so much. I wasn't in it for the money. I was in it for the, I felt good just making music. You know, I've been taken advantage of a lot, but you know, that, but when you're young, you're dumb, but I didn't care because my passion for it. And I remember one time, what happened was my, I had to sit down with my mother. She says, you doing music for all these people. Where's your money? Are you, they paying you? I said, no, not really. And then it went to a, so we won't get into all that, but I ended up having to get a lawyer, whatever, whatever, whatever. And that's, oh, wow. what, really, mm -hmm. that's what really got me over the top producing music, you know, but um, right. because mommy stepped in, but I was whole, I was being torn apart being, um, I was doing music for a lot of people. I I got I have hit mm -hmm. records. I produced, I co-produced a lot of hit songs for SWV, Brandy, mm -hmm. Monica, Color Me Bad. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I I the list goes on and on. I did a lot of stuff for this particular producer, but you know I was young and dumb. But I did a lot of mm -hmm. music. And if you Google um, SWV and so forth, so on, you can see a lot of work that I've done under. I did. I eventually started getting my credits that you could see work you know, the, the great work right. I worked on, the projects. But I love music. I, I, I have a strong passion for music. I'm a great songwriter. And um, I produce all types of music, anything from rock to pop, R&B, hip hop, Afro beats, everything I can do. And I do it very good. I'm great at it. <laughs> I'm great. I'm great at it. I'm the best around. So, uh... I'm great at it. So let, let's, leave, let's leave a great little Easter egg type of thing. Um, for, for the listener at home, what song did you work on that would, I guess, surprise them the most? Because obviously with working with these artists, you're kind of a household name without being a household name. So what song yeah. that you've done or that you've worked on would be the one that's like, oh, really? He did that? 
Damn. Oh, okay. You're the one for me. SWV. Boom, 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 boom. Um, that one. And um, then they have another song called Love is So Amazing on the album. Mm. I did that. Um, Brandy, um, Brandy remix. I did it her. I, I did a remix with Brandy. Um, I wanna be down when I was okay. Really? Down. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, yep. I did wanna be down remix. And Monica, before before you walk out of my life, I did a remix for that as well. And then Cover mm. Me Bad, they did a song called Time and Chance. I did that song for them, remix. Really? And, uh, yes. And then um, jazz artist Ronnie Jordan, I did a remix for them. I did a lot of remixes with while well, I was working mm. under this producer. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yep. In the list goes on. Yeah, I did a lot of Unfortunately. We're getting to the end of the broadcast. Sorry, Markel, didn't mean to cut you off. But Not a always problem. like to give this last time to our guest. Um, first, it's a two-parter. First, just give any perspective advice for any future entrepreneurs out there who are just scared just to take that first step. And lastly, just give your social media and anything you got coming up uh, just to our audience. Go right ahead. Time is okay. Yours. First of all, I say anybody who wants to do anything, first of all, you have to have faith in your creator, regardless of what religion you are, put your faith and your trust in God to do it and um, put him first and don't be scared. Just do it. Just do it. You know, like Nike, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what I tell people, don't look at the dollar amount. Money will come. One thing about money, you could lose it. You could get it back. Mm -hmm. one thing you can't get back is health and loved ones you know but you could carry good memories of people that you've known who went from before us however what you have to do just stay focused and stay away from negative people the mo moment someone starts talking negative walk away you got to have a strong desire to do what you got to do and sometimes that comes with losing friends family members whatever you have to do what you got to do for yourself you know, you want to surround yourself with positive people and never, never give up, never give up, you know, right. and um, what, what, what my next, uh, my next big thing is I have a lot of artists coming from throughout the uh, country coming to uh, my new Blake Street Studios. Um, uh, my social media, of course, you, I'm hit room underscore studios on, mm. on um, Instagram and then um. You'll hear more of um, my production company. And I want to thank you guys for having me up here today. I, I, you know, the thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And I hope God blesses your program that you get millions and millions and millions of followers. And I promise as I blow up, I'm going to link you and I'm going to put you guys with many artists that I know who have millions of followers that I'm working with. I'm working with a lot of YouTube. I mean, when I say working with some YouTube sensations, they're coming here to my mm -hmm. studio, thank God. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to link you to it as well, because I believe one hand washes the other, and we're all in it together, we just trying to that. get ahead. Most really definitely. <laughs> That's right. Who wants to be the boat when we can be the uh, the tide that, ri that rises all boats, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, and, 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 you know, people need people. You know, friends need friends. You know, um, we're not in it by ourselves. We're all just trying to make it, you know. So one hand washes yeah, the other. And I really want to thank you guys for having me on your show today. It's it, This means a lot. I don't care. It could have been. I don't care if it was TMZ or any other one. 
this is just as more important to me than anything <laughs> else. And remember, small beginnings uh, become very large uh, at some point. Man, I'm so humble. This must be what the guest feels like when they come off our show. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know what this feeling like. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I was honored well, to be, be here. Markel, thank you so much for being part of the program. Myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City made EZ Blues is in the building. And this is behind right. the brand on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, New Haven. Thank you. Thank you. Peace, Peace everyone. Blessings. You too, man. Thank you so much. All right. Wondering what to write about. Trying to figure out what it's all about. Existentialist. Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know Spending time all alone, sending my songs through the phone Dreaming of a better home, we while focused on trying to hone This craft, witchcraft, I hope the brew